Welcome to another episode of Guru Fantasy World. This is your host, David Katiri. Today is a very, 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 very special day. We welcome our first guest to the podcast, a man who is a very good friend of mine, a gentleman and a scholar, a teacher, a natural teacher, someone who has a lot of wisdom, somebody who I consider to be a college football expert. They're going to make my life very, very easy today because all I really have to do is ask a bunch of questions. I don't have to have a single opinion. All I'm going to do is pick this guy's brain. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He does work a bunch of different places. He is the co-host of the Devi Royale. Welcome to the show, Kevin Dubois Coleman. We're very glad to have you today. Hey, man, I'm, I appreciate you having me on and just kind of, you know, get to talk about a little bit of football. But anytime I can hang out and talk with you, uh, I'm excited. So uh, and it's getting to that time. Draft season is right around the corner. So this is my favorite time of fantasy. Yes, and uh, a lot of people might think it's uh, a little early to be really diving into the rookies. I think especially now that the season's over, uh, those 2022 firsts are no longer just random 22 firsts. We can kind of put uh, draft slots on them. Now you know if you have the 101, the 102, whatever slot it may be, uh, you can still trade those picks now. I think it's very important to kind of get an idea of how that board is going to shake out, what your board looks like. Everybody, I think, should be compiling their own rookie rankings right now. Um, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things. We're going to talk about Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, whether they're in the same tier up top. We're going to do the same thing with the wide receivers, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, whether they're in the same tier. Uh, we're going to talk about some guys with risk, who your riskiest player in your top 12 is. We're going to talk about um, trading out of 2022 into 2023, even if it's a late 2023 first. Like, where's the line where we're kind of looking to get out of this class or you're looking to get out of this class? Uh, we're going to kind of look at some third and fourth round sleepers, which guys you would uh, hit your wagon to if you could only pick two of them. Uh, and then we're going to kind of finish up with a uh, – a 60 second rapid fire game, which is going to be really fun where I'm going to give you 12 players and I'm going to give you the 301 or the 201 or, or the 101 or, and you're going to tell me whether you want the 101 or that player, the 201 or that player, the 301 or that player. And we're going to try and get through 12 players in 60 seconds. Basically it's going to be a gut check. Uh, you haven't heard any of these players. You don't know who's going to be on the list. So I think that's going to be very, fire, very fun. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I saw it on the sheet and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, especially keeping the names hidden. I think it's going to be uh, very interesting to see uh, what, what your gut says. So uh, with that being said, let's get to it. Number one question. Let's talk about the running backs. Uh, I think a lot of people right now are kind of uh, split between Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall as the RB1 in this class. Kenneth Walker also has a uh, a uh, truther fan base. There's definitely some people trying to push him as the RB one. Uh, how do those guys shake out for you? And are they in the same tier? Yeah, you know. So, just looking at the thing, what we start to see right now is like Isaiah Spiller starting to take some heat in terms of like prospect fatigue, and people are kind of jumping against him. Um, which I don't want to really understand why. You know, Spiller is my running back one right now. Him and Hall, they're very one A one B to me. I mean, it's so close. To me personally, and it's such a cop-out, it's like draft capital where they go. I don't think either one of these guys goes in the first round this year, though. So I don't think we see a first-round running back this season. Uh, and so that's really going to kind of vault up, okay, so where do these guys go in that second round? 
Uh, and when I'm looking at Spiller and Hall, for me personally, like Spiller, 225, he's 6'1", and he's he's powerful. He's got great contact balance. He reads his blocks very well. And if you watch his footwork, uh, he has some of the best footwork in, in college football. He's quick at the line of scrimmage, can get out there. Now, the one thing that both of these guys lack, though, is top-end speed. And so each one of them doesn't have that kind of – that breakaway, I'm going to go take a 60-yarder to the house. And so I've always said that for the last two years. I said, hey, these guys are fine. Um, but I don't really feel like there's a running back one in this class. I feel like there's a, these guys are running back twos, which is perfectly fine. Um, but there's not someone that you can really hit yourself to and say, hey, yeah, this guy is going to be a predominantly dynasty running back one for the next three years, four years. Okay, so you talked a lot about Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall. I noticed you didn't have a single word to say about <laughs> Kenneth Walker. That tells me he is not in the same tier for you. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, he's he's my running back three. I, I think that when you're looking at Kenneth and what he was able to do this year, I think that he has the ability to kind of vault himself up there. I think he's got an okay build. I, I like that. Uh, he looked good at Michigan State, and he had a lot of volume, which is good. Good balance, play strength, those type of things. And, again, I think he has good short area quickness, just like these other guys. Uh, but he is one of the worst pass protectors in the class. His technique's going to need a lot of work there. And as we know, we you need a pass protector to stay on third down. And he's limited route tree at this point. Now, I know that some guys, we, we talk about that all the time with running backs, like just because they didn't catch balls in college doesn't mean they can't catch balls in the NFL, which is true. But until he shows me that he can do it, I can't put him ahead of both of these other guys who have caught balls and show that they have the ability to catch. Uh, and, you know, he had a ton of touches last year, but, the, you know, previous years he kind of fell off. He looked good this year. I think his average was good. You know, that's one of those misnomers, though. Don't look at just the average of rushing. But I think his limited pass protection, his inability to kind of catch balls from what we've seen, I think that just knocks him down a peg to me. And I have him basically at the 110 in Superflex in terms of, like, his value. Okay. Um, now, this wasn't on the show sheet, but I'm curious. Uh, so if we're talking about Kenneth Walker, some guys who are kind of, I'm noticing being talked a lot right behind him are like Kyron Williams yeah. and uh, Tyler Algiers starting to get a, a lot of hype. Uh, would you say Walker is closer to Kyron and Algier or closer to Spiller and Hall? No, he's close to Spiller and Hall. Like he is, in my opinion, like Spiller Hall 1A, 1B, Walker's 2A by himself. And then I believe there's a pretty big tier break, in my opinion. Like uh, I know I've been seeing some Kyron love, and I, I've been on Kyron a lot earlier than a lot of other people. But the thing about Kyron is he's just small, like his weight. I think there, there, there's a sub-200 thing that's a legitimate problem in the NFL and how they view these guys. And I and I noticed somebody said it the other day on, on Twitter. Um, it was actually a rare good point on Twitter. We, we don't see those often. But they said, I think people like to – they're trying to project Kyron as Eckler when Austin Eckler is kind of a freak in his own nature and with his size and what he can do. I think Williams could get there, and he's a good pass protector. But, again, I, I don't want to spend a high draft capital on a guy that can't – that is at sub 200 pounds. I just think it's a wasted pick, especially because he's going to get, you know how it is. He's going to get talked up and he is getting talked up right now. He's going to go too high. If you're drafting him in the early, you know, late first probably or 110, 111. No, I'd rather have him out with the 203, 204, 205 if I was going to take a shot on a guy like Williams. Yeah, and I think I definitely uh, agree with you. It's going to come down a lot to the combine and whether he does weigh in one above 200 what kind of uh, vertical explosion he has, what kind of strength he has. Because like you say, Austin Eckler, like 
he gets used as the example for small backs, but when you look at his pro day, he was like a 40 plus inch vertical. He had a high 40 time. He was ripping off bend trips. He was just a a phenomenal athlete. Uh, I believe even Eckler uh, checked in over 200 pounds, um, even at his height. So it's going to be a big difference between whether he can be like, like you said, an Austin Eckler or maybe like a, a Kenneth Gainwell. And if you have expectations for Eckler and you get Gainwell, uh, you're probably not going to be very happy with the price you paid. Um, so he's someone I'm keeping my eye on because he does have a lot of height. I haven't heard anybody really have anything negative to say about him as a player, other than, like you said, kind of knocking his size a little bit. Yeah, no, and, and I like him. And I think he catches the ball as well. I think he can get to the outside. And I just, I just worry about the size. And I'll be honest, like Kenneth Gainwell, I don't want to say he burned me last year, but he – he was someone I was pretty high on, but the NFL showed me what they thought of a, a player like him, right? And I, I'm only as good as what the NFL thinks. So if the NFL thinks guys like that are third down guys that are just going to get l- low volume, then it, it's not worth it, right? Running backs volume is key, and I'm going to follow volume. If 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 a guy like that's not going to get volume, then what's the point of drafting? Touche, touche. Good point. All right, so let's move on to the wide receivers. Traylon Burks right now is basically uh, widely, widely being propped up as the wide receiver one in this class. A lot of people are suggesting he's in a tier of his own. There's also a lot of pushback uh, that maybe Garrett Wilson and Drake London may be in that same tier. How do you view the wide receivers? Yeah, so, uh, you know, for me personally, I have Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver one, uh, and I, I view him and Burks in the same tier. I'm a little worried about Burks a little bit. So, uh, but just to talk about Wilson real quick, he's an elite route runner, athletic. He has some of the best hands in the class. Like, and there's a reason why he was able to uh, just do so well at Ohio State last year. He's got good yak ability. He's yards after catch. I love his catch radius. And when you notice him, I haven't seen a bad drop from Garrett Wilson in three seasons. And even if you go back and watch his freshman year where he did pretty good in the bowl game, they didn't really have too much. You just notice the athletic freak of him and the nature of him. He's smooth. He's solid. He's everything that the NFL wants. And to me right now, Garrett is my is my number one. I will say that his ceiling could be limited. That's the one knock I have on him too. He struggles with the release sometimes too, but you know, when you look at Garrett, like this is as maybe as good as he gets, which is good. But you know, I think people love Burks because I think there's so much untapped potential there. And he's a monster, 6'3", 225, you know, elusive in the open field. He has top end speed. He has a very limited route tree though. So one thing about Burks, and you'll notice this, is like he's not as fluid as these other guys. And, and the reason why it could be part of it, it was Arkansas's offense was ass let's keep it real like they did not have a good offense and so he was very limited in what he was asked to do and he has some concentration drops and those things kind of worry me a little bit about these 50 50 catch guys that have some concentration drops that have a limited route tree but in my opinion those two guys are kind of in that tier of like hey i would take one of those guys and i would take wilson right now as my 101 in Superflex. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely, I think we're going to see a lot of wide receivers taken uh, one-on-one. It, it's it's going to depend on, obviously, the draft capital for the yeah. quarterbacks. If, if one goes high, I think he's probably going to jump them. Um, but yeah, I think you raised a good point. It's a lot about risk with, with Traylon Burks. Like, he could easily be the next A.J. Brown, and I don't think anybody doubts that. But like you said, uh, there's been a lot of questions raised about his route running ability. I'm very interested to see how he charts out in reception perception. I know uh, Jetpack Galileo, uh, who's someone I follow on Twitter as well. He does a lot of film breakdowns. He is a uh, Traylon fan, but he's also used the word raw. He's very raw as a route runner. He has uh, a lot of growing to do in that area. 
So I think there's certainly more of a, a risk versus reward with Burks where Wilson, you're just kind of feels like you're locking in a wide receiver two at worst for like the next five years. Um, again, it seems like you, you've kind of focused on two guys. Is Drake London not in that same tier for you? No, um, Drake London is someone that I actually he's when looking at my rankings and I went through them this morning just to make sure that I was right. You know, he's my wide receiver four right now. Um, I actually have Jamison Williams ahead of him. Uh, kind of like I had uh, Waddle as my wide receiver two last year heading into the into draft. And and it's something that I, I kind of took some shit from from the analytic community. And now they, they're very quiet about that. But I, 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 I to cut in, I remember we discussed Jalen Waddle last year. I yes. think it was a, a mock draft. And you said, I'm taking it. And I said, oh, no, no, I ain't taking Jalen Waddle right there. <laughs> and he, you guys made me eat my words on that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved him, and, and I think the thing with London, so if we're going to talk about London real quick, I like London. I, you know, he's 6'5", 210, he's got that big frame, uh, and, and everybody's throwing out, like, different takes about him. And I, I just think I worry about, you know, in that USC offense, he wasn't asked to do a ton. He was literally the safety blanket for Keaton Slovis, who wasn't very good last year, and they would just throw it up to him. And when they did throw it up to him, yeah, he wouldn't got it. Pac-12 defenses struggle. I want to see what he can do against a, against tough defensive backs off the, off the line. I do think he could struggle with his release and I don't think he's as versatile as people think like I think he's gonna have to do a little bit more slot than people realize I mean he can line up on the outside I know he's 6'5 but they can get him out of his routes really easy and then he's a 50-50 guy now he has the size and the, and the and the ability there uh but again I worry about those 50-50 guys that can't create separation and, and I, I tweeted out something recently I said if George Pickens had a quarterback that would just throw it up to him he would have just the same amount of highlights and tape that you see like I think London just because of the receptions and the targets he got in that team Team where he was basically dialed in the quarterback would just throw it to him I think that elevated his game a little bit more than what people think I'm a big believer in Jamison I know he just tore his ACL in the in the national title game but Jamison Williams is the type of guy that NFL teams love right now and I mean he's the he's going to stretch the field he's going to do a lot of different things for you uh, and I feel like his skills and what he could do translates better than London because just the way that NFL schemes and the offenses are all opened up, right? I think we've kind of seen a shift there. So I, you know, I used to love those big type wide receivers, and now I'm slowly going towards like the Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams types. Okay, so it sounds to me like if you're on the board and Drake London, Jamison Williams, and George Pickens are all all available, you're definitely trading back. Yeah, I mean, if if I can do that and I can trade back and create some assets, I would do that. But I mean, to be honest, like if if Jamison was there, if those three guys were there, I might just take Jamison because I feel like he's the best player available. Okay, you're very so. What what about let's say Jamison or Jamison in a twenty twenty three three or Pickens in a twenty twenty three two? Mm, that's a tough one. Uh, I would, if Pickens went somewhere that I really liked, I'd probably lean Pickens. But if he didn't go to a landing spot that I, I appreciated, I'd probably take Jamison just based on talent. Okay, so you're very high on Jamison Williams, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, he's not, my wife. Not at all concerned about the injury at all? Yeah, man, these guys bounce back pretty quickly. I, I think that with, with the way we've seen with injuries and that these young kids coming back, I don't see the kids going to limit him. I wish he wouldn't have had this happen to him because I think he maybe would have been the first wide receiver taken in the draft, but I still think he's going to get first round draft capital. Yeah, I think that'll be huge. That's my question more than anything with the injury. What if he drops draft capital a little bit? It kind of raises more of a question there, like how much is it injury related? Yeah. Um, so that'll be huge for him. All right. That's uh, some good stuff on the wide receivers. This uh, While we're talking about the first round, 
who is the riskiest player that you have in your top 12 Superflex rankings, and where do you have them? Well, we just talked about my guy, George Pickens. Uh, you know, I've been very high on him going into uh, going into last year. He's my wide receiver one uh, before he tore his ACL, and then he battled back, and he had it. He's got a lot of naysayers, you know, in terms of his maturity, what he's been able to do there. I know that he, he had some issues there. Some people don't like that, you know, his, his route running and all that stuff, but I just think he's a straight – gamer and when you watch him play he's a big play threat on an offense that just doesn't do big play threats and you will look at Stetson Bennett this last year for Georgia uh his average his a dot was under 10 yards so I think it was like nine or eight um in terms of like where he was looking to get the ball to and I think five out of his seven top target receivers had under 10 a dot so he didn't look to push the ball downfield and Pickens excelled when he had JT Daniels there because JT Daniels would push the ball downfield. That's one of the reasons why Jermaine Burton is transferring to Alabama just because he doesn't get to see the targets because the quarterback position couldn't get him the ball. And so Pickens would have done better had he had these big explosions there. Now he's a risk because he injured, he has an injury and he has some, some uh, questionable decision-making skills. Uh, he, he does some things on the sidelines that he didn't really like when he was a freshman and sophomore. Uh, but like I, I mentioned to somebody recently, I said, Hey, you know what? You know, he he battled back from his ACL tear. He didn't have to come back this year, but he 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 basically came back in seven months to play in the in the SEC championship game and in the playoff. He didn't have to do that, but he did. He came back. He showed he had talent. I, I have him right now as my one twelve, so he's right just on that cusp of where he's at. If you could get him in the second round, I think he's the best value in, in rookie drafts this year. Yeah, I think you're selling me on him a little bit too, because uh, the one thing you raised the point about is especially with these guys who may have uh, quote-unquote character concerns, um, to see them uh, be a competitor like that, especially yeah. in a year when, uh, and not just a year, we're living in a time now where it's becoming more of the norm for these uh, higher prospects to opt out of the bowl games, to say even opt out of a full season if they're good enough. Uh, so to see a guy like that who's got character concerns to uh, be a competitor and fight back to play, that's definitely um, – intriguing for me it's i'll be keeping my eye out on george pickens yeah so he i, I like him i just want to say sorry for cutting you off yeah, I, go I, ahead, keep going. he is just he's talented and he has that ability and you know what i i like kids that have that edge about him like you know when you have that borderline prospect and you're like hey i want the dude that wants to fight you know i want that guy like give me the guy that wants to fight and go for it and he never he never said hey i'm just gonna sit out and get drafted because he would have still and he battled and, and to me he has that edge and it's kind of that i know it's that unwritten rule of like I know analytics guy hates it, but I, I, I truly like I see the field. I see these guys and they have that ability to kind of push and, and want more. And if if he could do that, if he gets to a light right landing spot in the NFL, I'm, I'm all for it. No, I, I certainly support that. As, as Even as someone I consider myself to be very analytically minded, I trust the stats more than I trust yeah. my eyes. But you can't throw out the film like and especially with me uh, i think athleticism goes hand in hand in with film yeah in a guy like me where i trusted the film and the athleticism was a guy like brandon Ayuk uh two years ago the analytics community hated him he was a, a late breakout he was a junior college transfer i think he was a, a senior declare like nobody liked anything about his analytical profile but for me, this was a guy who had first round draft capital. Uh, he had great athleticism, and he looked really good on film. So I was in. I have no problem with uh, using film, even if you're an analytically minded person. You should be willing to use film in your analysis. I yeah. think. Um. So before we hop into like the second or the third uh, and fourth rounds, keeping it in the first round, uh, because a lot there's a lot of talk this year about 
trading out of the 22 rookie draft into 2023. I think a lot of people are going to be trying to do it. Uh, it's so out in the open that I'm not even sure what kind of plus you're going to be able to get. I think there's going to be times where if you want to move for a late 2022 first for a 2023 first, you're going to have to just trade it straight up a late 22 first for a, a late projected 2023 first. Yeah. So I'm curious, where does that line fall for you? Where you're like, all right, I don't even care about getting the plus. I just want out of 2022 into 2023. I will trade you my 2021st for a t- late projected 2023 one straight up. Is it 112, 111? Is there no line? Do you want all your 2022s? Where's the line for you? Yeah, so I went through it this morning. 109 is about where I'm at. So if I'm at the 109, and let's say, you know, in my opinion, these quarterbacks, I think, is the key. If some of these quarterbacks get good draft capital, and then I think it changes some things in terms of where the talent gets pushed down, uh, like a guy like Malik Willis. Let's say Malik Willis gets drafted in the first. Then you really consider him as a top-five pick. I think you have to, just based on, hey, the NFL thinks he's a first-round pick, and he has a a tons of ceiling. His upside is incredible. Uh, and so if he goes in there, then you, so let's just say he does get that. So if it's Malik and then you have Traylon and Wilson there, uh, Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson, you get the two running backs. So that's going to put you at about one Oh five. And then you get those, those wide receivers again. And then in London and Williams, and you get another quarterback in there. And if you really like Walker, that puts you about the one Oh eight or one Oh nine in there. So I think if you can, if you can move like the one Oh eight to one Oh nine for a 2023 first for next season, um, I'd be okay with that. That's kind of where my 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 value is in terms of that. Because guys, after that, even though I love George Pickens and I think he's going to be good, if you can turn that and flip that into one of these 2023 guys and wide receivers or running backs or whoever, um, I think that's the move that you want to go towards. Cool, cool. And I think with that being said, both of us would obviously recommend to be starting the negotiation higher than just yes. uh, one for one. You're going to obviously be trying to ask for a, a second as well in 2023, you, especially when that picks on the clock. You want to use that leverage to your full advantage. But it's also important to know, all right, if if I can't use that leverage, what am I willing to uh, be talked down to? So about 108, 109 range uh, for you. It's very interesting for me to hear. I will keep that in mind. Um, and I will say one thing about Malik Willis. He is first-round draft capital. I, he's going to be my super flex 101 without a doubt. I, the upside is just crazy high uh, with a guy like that first-round draft capital. You have to take take the leap of faith, I feel like, at that point. And, and super flex quarterback is so scarce, I won't have any issue doing it. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you do. There's just, I uh, mean, I watched so much film on him, and it's so funny because, like, there's there's five or six plays you're like, holy shit. This guy is going to be going to tear it up. And and one guy, I don't know, I'm sure you know of Angelo, uh, Angelo. Fantasy. Oh, yes. yes. Um, we talked to each other a little bit, like we message each other about prospects and he's he's trying to get me on the Willis train and he's he's doing a good job just based on like, hey, these same things are being said about Mahomes and Allen and all of these guys that, you know, they have problems, they have issues, but they could be good. Like, and, you know, ever since he's been telling me this, I've been going back to the tape and seeing it and there's so many flashes. So it's really going to come down to, Hey, if he gets the, if he gets that first round, he'd be my one-on-one probably just based on Angelo's reputation and what he thinks of, and just based on what the NFL says. Yeah. I think it kind of highlights a, a little bit of uh, like how, how high I am because I know, as you know, I'm very, very high on Jalen Hurts and yeah. is exactly exactly what you said. I know you're not high on Jalen Hurts, but it's like that thing with me. Like, does he have issues? Yes. Does he make some bad plays sometimes? Yes. But the dude can make some serious plays. The dude can generate yardage and the dude can score points. 
And I feel like as we're starting to see, I'm very sold on Jalen Hurts going forward, at least in 2022 and 2023. I think you make enough plays in this league. Somebody's going to give you a chance. You look at the quarterbacks, like how many teams need a guy who can even offer like hope. Yeah. And I think just even, even if he doesn't last uh, forever, he's based on hope alone. He's going to be Malik Willis, I believe on the field for two to three years. Uh, as a starting quarterback. So I'm not completely, especially if he gets first round capital, I'll be all in on him. Yeah, you and your, you and your hurts love. You and your yeah. Love. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to catch another hurts and, uh, and Malik Willis and uh, one of those game changers, just a guy who yes. can break fantasy for you. Um, so moving into uh, out of the first round and even out of the second round, let's talk about some of these guys because I don't really know like which guys I'm going to be taking in the third rounds. It's too early for me. The fourth round, especially, I don't know which guys like are going to be my guys at this point. What about you? Like if you had to take only one rookie in the third round of all your rookie drafts and one rookie in the fourth round of all your rookie drafts, you have to take the same guy in, in every third round, every fourth round, you got to plant your flag. Which two guys are you taking? This is hard to just keep it to one, uh, but you know what? I'm going to go with Tyler Beatty in the third round, uh, running back out of Missouri, uh, 5'8", 195. So, again, I know I kind of went against my under 200, but the based on what he can do, uh, and, again, you're looking for a guy that can maybe break out a little bit, and if he could take over for for kind of like a hurt player or whatever he can fall in there, I think that, you know, he's a change of pace guy, and he really fits the schemes of like a stretch zone, rushing attack, something like that, something that you look in there. I think he's got good vision. He, he can see the hole really well. And when you look at what he did at Missouri, he had 1,600 yards rushing in the SEC this year. That's, that's something. Like when you're looking at Kunner production and what he was able to do, I, I like that. He had 14 touchdowns. But I think what also separates him is his, cat, his pass catching ability. 54 catches, 330 yards, and four touchdowns at Missouri. So when you're looking at the third round, you're looking for a guy, hey, can he catch balls? Can he maybe be a three-down back? But can he find a role somewhere on a team that can get you fantasy points in a, in a pinch? And I think Tyler Beatty is one of those guys. So, Kevin, tell me why is Tyler Bating not getting anywhere near the hype Kyron Williams is? Because based on the way you're describing it to me, they sound very similar as players. Well, I think a couple things. I think, you know, I think there's one area of like Kyron's been higher up. Beatty was, I believe, a two or three star. So he doesn't have the the recruiting capital that a lot of guys like to see out of that. Uh, Kyron has also kind of shown at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's on TV more than Missouri. I don't know if you've watched the Missouri college football game, but there's not a lot of uh, market for Missouri out there. So I know there's that. Um, and I think that when you look at Kyron, he's a little bit more top end speed than Beatty. Beatty does. And Beatty really just kind of exploded last year. So, uh, you know, he had 400 yards his freshman and sophomore year. He had 200 his, his junior year. And then, boom, he shot up to 1,600. Uh, because Roundtree was gone. So I do think that he just kind of kind of came out of nowhere last year. Uh, but he's a guy, if he's going to go in the third round, I think that he's a value there. I think just Kyron is a little bit more draft cap or draft prospects. He's been around a lot more of those type of things. Okay. So if, if you were trading today, let's say your league drafts before the NFL draft and you could have Kyron Williams or, or let's say Kyron in a 2023-3 or Beatty in a 2023-2, which one are you taking? Beatty. I'm going to take Beatty in this 23-2 just because I think a 23-2 is pretty valuable right now. Like, if you're looking at – I was just doing my rankings in terms of 2023 class. I mean, you're looking at the 2-0 I was – I'm trying to do math now. It's early out here in California. <laughs> at two, like, the 206 I think has value like a late first. So, if you're looking at that from a perspective of 23 second, 
give me a late first and Beatty over kind of that third and, and Williams. Yeah. So I, I think uh, definitely that's something I'm going to be looking to do in this, this draft. I, I wrote a thread on Twitter about it. You can, you got, if anyone wants to look it up, it's about basically flipping threes into twos and you more than double your hit rate going yeah. from the third round to the second round. You have about a 15% hit rate in the third round. You have about a 33% hit rate in the second round. Um, so especially if you can trade back, like you said, in this class, maybe move like a Kyron uh, for like another running back you like, or maybe a wide receiver, like you said, uh, maybe flip uh, Drake London for and a three for Pickens and a two. Uh, it's all going to depend, depend, I guess, uh, how things shake out after draft. But if you have two guys in the same tier, looking to get like that two, three swap is going to be huge uh, for 2023, I think. Yeah, I mean that's a great. I, I saw that the other day, and that's a great. That's a great value in terms of like how you want to kind of separate yourself and say, hey, how can I create value there? And I think when you're looking at the seconds, all throughout the seconds, you're going to see hit rates go up, like you talked about, especially in the 2023 class. Like just to give people some ideas, you know, when I'm looking at my wide receivers, there are, and I was looking at my rankings this morning, there's about ten guys in the wide receiver class, and I'm like, wow, you know, they can move up and down to where you're really looking at value. Like a guy like Quentin Johnson from TCU, Raheem Jarrett from Maryland, guys that you probably don't know about. Some guys do if they like Debbie. Those guys are probably going to go in the second. And in normal classes, like I'd have Quentin Johnson probably at my 112 this year. So think about that when you think of value and think about how, how much value you can gain by just adding those seconds. Yeah, cool. Yep. Uh, I think that's a great point. So I got one more question and then we're going to get to the rapid fire game. So if you had a dream landing spot for this class, you get to pick one twenty-two prospect and you get to put them on any team. Who are you picking and where are you putting them? All right. Well, hey, can I talk about my fourth round pick real quick? I just want to. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, 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 I skipped a, over that. I want to give a little <laughs> love to my boy, Cole Turner. So tight end Cole Turner out of Nevada. Take a mm. look at him real quick. Um, if he's going to follow that fourth round, which I don't know, because I've, I've been seeing some draft circles where they actually have him as tight end one, uh, which I don't have him there yet, but he's a value. You know, he's a he's a wide receiver turned tight end his sophomore year. He gained 30 pounds of muscle over the sophomore and junior year. Uh, he looked good with Carson Strong, and I would keep an eye on a tight end, Cole Turner. I just wanted to give everybody a little shout-out for that one. I'll tell you, Kevin, you definitely have my attention because um, if anybody follows me on Twitter, they know I'm a big tight end guy. <laughs> I, I just just launched on Patreon this week as well. I, one of my big features of the Patreon is a tight end anatomical checklist. Yeah, And essentially what the checklist is doing is I'm charting the top 50 dynasty tight ends, both what they looked like as prospects and four years through the NFL, their production as well. So I'm charting their age, their height, their, their weight, their draft capital, whether they were an early declare, their 40 time, their vertical, their college dominator, uh, their breakout age, their college yard perception, their catch radius, uh, their point per game in year one of the NFL, all of this stuff. And I don't have complete data on the incoming rookies yet, but I'll tell you, I've I do have a dominator rating for Cole Turner, and he was at a twenty-seven point two percent dominator rating, and that is the most colorful green you can have on my chart. That is up above twenty-five percent, which I'll tell you, there is not a whole lot of uh, tight ends in in the top fifty landscape of the the NFL who were above twenty-five percent dominators in college. Um, so he was very, very, very productive. Uh, I'll be very interested to see what kind of draft capital he gets, and especially the athletic measurements, how, how fast his 40 is, what kind of vertical. Yeah. Uh, 
the catch radius, all of that. But right now I have, I have my eyes on Coulter and I would like to see uh, how he turns, especially if I can get him in the fourth round. Like you talk about some of these uh, fourth round hits. I, when I was looking at the twos versus the threes, a lot of the hits were like tight ends yeah. who were good, but nobody wants to freaking draft the tight end. <laughs> so they fall to the third round or like the fourth, like Mark Andrews, like a late third round pick, even though he was like really good in college. Like he was an early declare, like, Cole Turner, he's not an early declare, but if he's an athlete and I can get him in the fourth round, I mean, I'll be taking chances on him there. Yeah, and I think, Absolutely. you know, I, I think too, like, I know we worry about early declare and stuff, but technically with the position change, there's something that has, you know, like he, put, he changed his entire position to learn how to play it his junior year. And in senior year, he just started feeling comfortable. So when you look at that, basically from a position change point of view, he's still raw. So there's still there's still a lot of upside with him. What position did he change from? Was he a wide receiver? He was a wide before? receiver, yeah. Oh, even better, Chevin. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now we're definitely keeping our eyes on Cole Turner. That makes me think he's probably going to do all right in the athleticism testing as well. Yeah. Um, he could be someone who shoots up the board a bit, quite a bit, though. Um, so we'll keep our eyes on him. All right. So that brings us to. The funnest part of the episode, I got to get my uh, handy dandy stopwatch out because we are about to do the rapid fire game. So to give everyone basically a quick rundown of how this is going to work, we're going to start with the 301, all right, just to kind of warm you up a little bit. All right, all right. And uh, I have 12 different players. We're going to go through them one by one. So I'm going to say 301 or blank, and you're going to you can take as much time as you need. Uh, per player, if you only get through two, that's fine. If you're able to get through all twelve, no, we're well, getting through all twelve. I'm, I'm, we're wrapping. Yeah, the goal here is to to get the high score. This will go down in the Guru Fantasy <laughs> World history books, and uh, you will be logged against all future guests of all the right. show. So start us off on a good note. Uh, as soon as I read the first question, I will start the clock. All right, are you okay. ready? No, I'm ready. All right. 301, and this is in a 12-team super flex dynasty. Basically, uh, your traditional, <laughs> typical 12-team uh, super flex dynasty league. 301 or Jared Goff? Uh, Jared Goff. 301 or Ronald Jones? Ronald Jones. 301 or Nico Collins? 301. 301 or Irv Smith? Irv Smith. 301 or Jordan Love? Uh, Jordan Love. 301 or Melvin Gordon? Ooh, uh, Melvin Gordon. 301 or Josh Palmer? 301. 301 or Brevin Jordan? Brevin. 301 or Tyler Huntley? Oh, 301. 301 or Miles Gaskin? 301. 301 or Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay, I hope. <laughs> 301 or Albert O? Albert O. All right. Ooh, you killed it, too. 40.1 seconds right. you got through those 12. Whew. You're flying. I like it. All I right. Like it. Yeah. That was good. Brevin Jordan, baby. I'm not giving up on you, Brevin. You're my guy. I was glad to hear that because he's someone who I have very highly in my anatomical uh, checklist and my rankings. He looks very good basically everywhere other than the 40 and the vertical is not great. I have him as my tight end 15 right now, Dynasty. Yeah. He was an early declare. 4.6840 at the pro day is not great. 34 inch vertical. That's all right. 27.9% dominator, like we talked about, up above 25%. That's freaking great. 18.1, uh, he broke out like his first year at Miami. And then seven points per game as a rookie. That's pretty good as well, uh, especially comparing it to the rest of the guys on the chart. Uh, I was very happy to hear you support me there. All right. 
So let's see 201 if you can do it uh, as well. See, these are going to be a little tougher because there's a little bit more at stake here. So same thing. I'm going to start the clock uh, as soon as I read the first question. In a 12-team Superflex Dynasty, are you taking 201 or Derek Carr? Derek Carr. 201 or CEH? CEH. 201 or DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre. 201 or Noah Fant? Oh, my boy Noah. 201, I think. 201 or Ryan Tannehill? 201. 201 or Rashad Penny? Rashad. 201 or Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper. 201 or Dalton Schultz? 201. 201 or Davis Mills? Davis Mills. 201 or Michael Carter? 201. 201 or Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas. 201 or Dawson Knox? 201. Wow, about the same time. You're about a 40-second man, 41.06 seconds. You are flying through these. Uh, you're definitely going to be setting the bar high. I like that. We're going to be challenging all the future guests to try and beat your record. Not only are you getting all 12, you're setting a time record as well. I will say that I was disappointed in that that one for you taking 201 over Noah Fan. I know. Uh, Think about it now. I don't know. I, I love Noah Fan. He's my guy. But it just – at a certain point, they got to get a quarterback, right? And I think you're projecting that, you know, as of right now with no quarterback, I I, I just get worried because of all those the, – the people on that roster, they just haven't lived up to expectations. And I think it's a certain point of, like, when will they live up to expectations? You know what I mean? For me, it's it's really about the scar. Like, I'm willing to wait on a guy who I believe in is going to be yeah. – has elite, elite upside at times because there are so very few of them. And Noah Fant, to me – just on the checklist, he checks every box. He looks more like Kyle Pitt on the checklist, Pitts on the checklist than he does like any other tight end. He was like an early declare, 4-5-0-40, dominator, first-round draft capital, 98th percentile catch radius, early breakout. Uh, he had uh, 6.9 points per game as a rookie. Over 10, he had 10 points per game year two. That's very uncommon for a tight end. Yeah. Uh, so, and like you said, the quarterback has just been depressing the value like ridiculously. Yeah. And I don't think it can get any worse for him situation wise. Uh, he's the free agent at the end of 2023. If, if you have to wait another year or so, and, and he's still only 24, he's going to turn 25. Uh, I'm definitely taking Noah Fant over to one. I don't have any other uh, huge, uh, qualms with your choices there though so lastly this is going to be uh the super flex 101 this is going to be a big one a lot on the line here so if you need to take a little more time to think about it uh feel free if you want to try and bang them out in 40 seconds again <laughs> you can do that too all right all right so for our final round in a 12 team super flex dynasty league are you taking the super flex 101 or tua uh, Tua. 101 or Cam Akers? 101. 101 or Stefan Diggs? 101. 101 or Mark Andrews? Mm, man, that's a tough one. Mark Andrews. 101 or Jalen Hurts? <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Jalen Hurts. Woo! He even got the hurt. All right. 101 or J.K. Dobbins? J.K. 101 or T. Higgins? 101. 101 or George Kittle? 101. 101 or Mac Jones? 101. 101 or Alvin Kamara? 101. 101 or DJ Moore? 101. 101 or Travis Kelsey? 101. 
There we go. 45 seconds, and you probably would have been at 41 if I didn't get all hyped up. You even got the the one of the biggest Hurts haters I know saying Jalen Hurts over the 101. Do you hear that? If you're listening to the show and you have the 101, you should be going and offering it for Jalen Hurts, guys. Well, the way yeah. I the way I look at it, you know, it, it, the the Eagles came out and said he's gonna you know be the starter next year, which I, that's coach talk, which I hate, but it could happen, right? And it, based on what we see in this in this class, if you need a quarterback, why wouldn't you go get Jalen Hurts? You know, like it, what what is the ceiling upside play if you're gonna wait? Like how and those guys are not gonna win you leagues? And I want to go win my league. If if Hurts can help me win a league, then I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Yeah, for me, what it comes down to, it's you either trade the one-on-one for Hurts uh, if you need a quarterback, or you're taking Malik Willis and hoping he turns into Hurts. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, so for me, I'm just taking Jalen Hurts. He's our, I've already seen him at the NFL. I've seen him take his team to the playoffs. Uh, you don't need me to tell you about all the Lamar comparisons, Russell Wilson statistical comparisons uh, through the, his first whatever it is, 18 games. I'm sure you've seen it a million times on Twitter. Uh, I'm definitely buying Jalen Hurts for the one-on-one. Um, so that was it for the show. I think we touched on a lot of great topics. I think we put a lot of good information uh, into the listeners' ears today. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Guru Fantasy World. We just started a Patreon uh, this week. You can get all sorts of stuff there if you want to play in a league with me. Uh, that's one of the options as well. Kevin, you can find him on Twitter as well. He does a ton, of, just an absolute ton of work for a ton of different places. Like I said, uh, he is the co-host of the Debbie Royale. I'm not sure uh, how old that is, but uh, I know they're doing some great work over there talking about college prospects as well. Um, is there anywhere else that we can find some of your work, Kevin, that you want to let the listeners know about? Yeah, you can uh, You can find my – most of my writing is going to be at Fantasy Pros, so uh, the Debbie featured writer over there. And uh, I have a bunch of little articles coming out this week uh, starting if – you, if you're listening to this, it'll be uh, Monday the 31st. I'll have a Debbie mock draft for you guys. I'm going to be looking at the Senior Bowl. I, I got a, a credential to be a Senior Bowl media member. Unfortunately, I got COVID, so I will be – I can't attend, but they're going to let me do it vir- virtually. So I'm going to be able to see the practices and go through the tape and see all that for you guys. So if you find me on Fantasy Pro, you'll find all those articles there this week wow well congrats on getting the uh the clearance hopefully they give it to you again next year and you can go down there in person yeah Yeah, that's awesome looking forward to that it's definitely well deserved again thank you for coming on the show kevin i could not think of a better person to have as my first guest i appreciate it thank you everyone have a good day thank you for listening